Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to First Mover. I'm your host, Dario Austin, the Director of Analytics for Player Profiler. And this is a show where we take the earliest look at every DFS slate. Today, it's Monday. Week 7 is not even over, and we're here to talk about Week 8. Because that is what we do here on First Mover. We are moving first and going to be thinking about this Week 8 slate. Reflecting a little bit on our hits and misses from yesterday. Talking about the games talking about who stands out as best early value plays. So let's get right into it. Of course, I always like to lead off with some hits and misses from the week before. Last Monday, I, of course, did mention Kenneth Walker. I think that's a bit of a freebie at this point. He was only 5,800 on DraftKings, had a massive game. And then I also pointed you guys in the direction of Aaron Jones, who I think, as I said, was getting a little bit too cheap for the upside he provides, and he showed that with two receiving touchdowns yesterday. Travis Etienne had a huge game. He's finally taking over that Jaguars backfield as it seemed like he would, and he was gradually doing yesterday. He had all the running back touches for them, so very dominant performance for Travis Etienne. Of course, he finally found the end zone too, which helps. And then Juju Smith-Schuster once again had another 100-yard game with a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes, so he's officially on a roll and he was again still pretty cheap yesterday in dfs so if you guys played him in some home stacks then you were probably doing pretty well for yourself so that's a few spots that i think I'm, I'm happy that i found last week some misses from yesterday melvin gordon did not pan out i think that that broncos backfield is currently just a disgusting timeshare all around and then Drake London is another guy who I had high hopes for in a game where it seemed like the Falcons were going to get pushed and you would have hoped they'd throw the ball more. They stuck to running the ball, even with, you know, a huge deficit. They were down double digits pretty much the entire game to the Bengals. And they only threw, I think it was, it was less than 20 pass attempts. Drake London had one target, just a dismal performance for their passing game. And then last miss too was CD Lamb. I think with Dak's first game back against the Lions, we were all very excited to see what CD's ceiling would look like. He didn't quite get as many targets as he's seen in recent weeks. And then, of course, we just saw the general, you know, not quite meeting their ceiling for the Cowboys offense, which happens some weeks. And then I think that we'll see better performances from Dak ahead. So I think that, you know, keep our hopes up for the Cowboys. But they are on the main slate again this week, so we'll see where C.D. Lamb comes in. He only had six targets yesterday. He's been a target monster, but that was his lowest target total of the season. So hopefully we'll see more from him and from the Cowboys this upcoming week. But let's get into this slate of games. We have, of course, 11 games on the main slate. 
once again. And this is because there's two teams on a bye, two teams in London, and then the usual Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night games. So leading off the main slate, you got the Panthers playing the Falcons in Atlanta. Falcons are six-point favorites there, but the game total is only 42. The Bears are going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Cowboys are 10.5-point favorites in a game with a 42.5 over-under. So that one sounds like it's going to be pretty ugly. We've got the Dolphins going to the Lions. The Dolphins are three-point favorites on the road, and the game total there is the highest one, at least you know as of Monday, with 50.5. So definitely getting excited for those two stacks. Amon Ross St. Brown, they said he did not have a concussion yesterday. It was the was what Dan Campbell reported today. So we should expect to see him back. So a lot of exciting potential in that Detroit-Miami game. The Cardinals are playing at the Vikings. Game total there is 49, and the Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Raiders are playing at the Saints. The Raiders are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. There's a game total of 48-and-a-half on that game. The Patriots are playing at the Jets. We have the Patriots favored by two and a half with a game total of 41. Another low scoring game probably this week. And then you've got the Steelers playing at the Eagles. Eagles are 11 point favorites there with a 43 and a half game total. The Titans are playing at the Texans. Titans are favored by two. Over under is 40 and a half. The Commanders are playing at the Colts. The Colts are favored by two and a half. And the game total there is just 40. Now, earlier today, we heard that Sam Ellinger is going to be the starter for the Colts. Supposedly, the rest of their season is the plan there. Pretty out of the blue, I think, for most of us. It's very unfortunate if this is the end for Matt Ryan's career. But I guess they're trying to see what they have in Ellinger as they approach the end of this season and into the offseason. But potentially uh, an interesting spot there. I'd expect the line to move toward the commanders. Right now, we see the Colts favored by two and a half still. The 49ers are playing at the Rams. The the Niners are two-point favorites, and the game total there is 43. And then the Giants are playing at the Seahawks with the Seahawks favored by three and a 45.5 game total there. That is the 6-1 New York Giants and the division-leading Seattle Seahawks, just like we all predicted. So just from you know a quick recap, the games that stand out early for DFS purposes Definitely the Dolphins at the Lions, highest game total of the week. Cardinals at the Vikings having the second highest game total at 49 is interesting. We've seen the Cardinals do a pretty decent job of shutting down top wideouts such as Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. So it'll be interesting to see whether Justin Jefferson can put up a number on them or not. And then we've got the Raiders at the Saints. The Saints got into a big shootout with the Cardinals on Thursday night, of course. Lots of turnovers from Andy Dalton, and I think regardless of whether Dalton or Jameis starts, that you can probably expect some turnovers on the Saints side of the ball. Their receiving core is still very injured, of course. And then the Giants at the Seahawks is my sneaky, well, not too sneaky, fourth favorite game, also the fourth highest game total. But the Seahawks have just been putting up points on everyone. And then the Giants, you know, they've been staying in every game. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Giants can slow down the Seahawks or if they'll get into a shootout. But I expect that to be a close game and probably a fun one for DFS purposes. And with that, let's look over at the pricing on DraftKings. We have, of course, only only real elite quarterback on this slate is Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. I think that Kyler Murray is 
priced to step down and definitely for good reason. The way he's been playing so far this year and the way the Cardinals have looked is definitely concerning. So that's Jalen Hurts at 8,300, Kyler Murray at 7,500. And then third is Dak Prescott at 6,600, which is, you know, goes to show you just how thin this slate is at quarterback. I think that Tua being fourth at 6,200 is actually quite a value because Tua's ceiling, we've seen it already this season. I think this price is a little bit suppressed because he didn't have a very big game last night and then he has been injured the last couple of weeks. But we've seen those ceiling games from him. We know the matchup is incredible. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tua coming in at very high ownership on Sunday and he would be well worth it. And then just a few other bargains I like further down. Geno Smith and Daniel Jones playing against each other are 5,800 and 5,700 respectively. Marcus Mariota is 5,500 in a game where the Falcons are favored against the Panthers. I think that'll bode well for Mariota. He's had some good games. We know that he's got that rushing upside. So I think 5,400 actually for Mariota, especially nice deal. And then Jared Goff is 5,500 on the backside of that Tua potential stacks. I think that Jared Goff, you know, he has a few receiving options at his disposal, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him gathering some big garbage time points. Over at running back, there's a little bit more juice at the top of the slate than there is at quarterback. We've got Christian McCaffrey at 8,700, Derek Henry at 8,400, Saquon Barkley at 8,100, Jonathan Taylor, 8,000. Dalvin Cook, 7,600, and Josh Jacobs, 7,500. Even at this price, Josh Jacobs is, I think, relatively a bargain because he's shown the upside and the workload of those guys that are north of 8,000. So I wouldn't be opposed to playing him again here. Just a little bit further down, Miles Sanders is 6,600, which definitely stands out as a bargain in a game where the Eagles are favored by double digits. Damian Pierce is only 6,300. Now the Texans are underdogs, but that hasn't stopped Damian Pierce from putting up stats this entire season. He's been absolutely balling as a rookie. And then just a little bit further down into the values at running back, Raheem Mostert is 5,900. Raheem Mostert has fully taken over this Dolphins backfield. And like I said with Tua, they're playing the Lions. It's going to be a very high scoring game, presumably, and it's a very good spot for Mostert. Damian Harris is 5,800. This is, I think, a huge deal just because, you know, we haven't seen Damian Harris in pretty much two weeks. His his last game that he played and he left early in the game only had four carries. Um, and we've seen Ramondre Stevenson just completely balling out these last few weeks without Damian Pierce. So now the price disparity is actually in favor of Harris. He's a little bit cheaper than Ramondre Stevenson, $600 cheaper on DraftKings to be precise. We were playing Ramondre when Damian Harris was more expensive, and now it's time to play Damian Harris while Ramondre has gotten more expensive. Damian Harris still has the touchdown upside, and I think that against the Jets in a game that the Patriots are favored could be a very nice game script for a Damian Harris return to form. And then way down at the bottom of the barrel, I think Tyler Algier at 5,400 and Caleb Huntley at 5,000. Like I said, for the reasoning behind Mariota. The Falcons are favored. Not a very common thing to see, but that should mean that they lean pretty heavily on their running game. The Panthers, even though they won this week, are pretty clearly in a tank 
mode. So I think that Algier and Huntley both could have very solid game scripts working in their favor on Sunday for week eight. Over at wide receiver, you got Cooper Cup leading the way at 9,600. Justin Jefferson, 9,100. Devontae Adams at 8,600. Tyreek Hill at 8,500. AJ Brown at 7,700. Debo Samuel at 7,500. And DeAndre Hopkins makes his first appearance in the elite tier of a DFS main slate at 7,400. Of course, Hopkins came back from his suspension to 14 targets, 10 receptions, 100 yards, full-blown dominance. It definitely helps him in terms of his target share that Marquise Brown is injured. We don't have to be splitting targets between the two. They just went straight from one alpha right to the other. So very, very promising start to DeAndre Hopkins season. A little bit further down, there's always the, you know, sub elite tier here. Some guys are like there are, of course, Jalen Waddle still hitting on this theme of the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle, 6,700. CD Lamb is only 7,000. Still a good value in another favorable spot for Dallas. Of course, you have the risk of something happening just like last week where they don't need to throw the ball. But CD Lamb with Dak Prescott back, I think we definitely want to play a little bit of him. Tyler Lockett is only 6,500. Now he's more expensive than he has been in weeks past. But the key point here is that DK Metcalf is probably not going to play in week eight. We saw him carted off with a knee injury yesterday. And it sounds like it's not going to require surgery, but it's still probably something semi-serious that will keep him out for at least a week or two. So Tyler Lockett at 6,500, potentially big value there. Devontae Smith at 6,300. The Eagles play the Steelers. Smith has been absolutely crushing this year, and I think that's way underpriced. Brandon Ayuk is only 6,100. He's seen 11 targets in back-to-back games with Jimmy Garoppolo back under center. Terry McLaurin is 6,000, and Terry finally had his first real breakout game of this season in what was Taylor Heineke's first start. So that connection between Heineke and McLaurin, still very strong. Jacoby Myers is only 5,600. He's a guy who I think you have to play just about every week with how much of a deal he is for the volume that he receives. DJ Moore is 5,300, another value I like, along with Curtis Samuel, also at 5,300. You know, former Carolina teammates, but they're both getting good volume for their situations. And then just a little bit further down, of course, there's always the the rookie tier with good values. Wandale Robinson is 4,700. Alec Pierce is 4,600. And then Paris Campbell is only 4,500. We saw him have a huge game yesterday, and he's coming off two pretty heavy targeted games. So very nice for him. Marquise Goodwin is 4,400. He stands to be the biggest beneficiary if DK Metcalf indeed doesn't suit up. So Marquise Goodwin, 4,400, another big value. Over to tight end. This is another one of those weeks on the main slate with no Kelsey and no Andrews. So the top priced tight end is George Kittle at 5,700. We finally saw George Kittle have his first real breakthrough week, his first touchdown of the season. He had six targets, or sorry, nine targets, six receptions for 98 yards. So his price is going up steadily, but we know he has that elite upside. A couple others are Darren Waller at 5,400, Zach Ertz at 5,100, and Dallas Goddard at 5000 That's the top price tier there of those. I think I definitely want to play a little bit of Goddard this week against the Steelers. 
another favorable spot for the Eagles. Like I said earlier, I think Pat Fryermuth at 3,900 on the other side of that game is potentially interesting. Mike Gesicki, you know, we keep hitting on the Dolphins this week, and that's what you have to do when you have a team that is facing the Lions. Gesicki has been showing signs of life lately, even though he was barely on the field early on in the season. He's seen seven targets each of the last two weeks. One of those games, he had the two-touchdown performance, of course. Yesterday, he was relatively quiet, only catching three of those seven targets. But the involvement in the offense is what we want to see. And at only 3,800, definitely a good value there. Irv Smith is only 3,500. And what do we do when tight ends play the Cardinals? We play them in DFS. So Irv Smith at 3,500, very solid there. Daniel Bellinger is only 3,300 against the Seahawks. Another defense that you absolutely want to target with tight ends. So Daniel Bellinger in that Seahawks-Giants game that I mentioned earlier is an interesting spot. And then Foster Moreau is only 3,100. If we see Darren Waller miss another game, Foster Moreau will probably, of course, pick up plenty of chalk, but for good reason, the value for his role in the offense when he becomes the tight end one at only 3,100. Definitely a solid play there. And then over at defense, we have, of course, the big favorites with the solid defenses at the top with the Cowboys at 4,000, Eagles at 3,900. Somewhat surprisingly, the Falcons are near the top at 3,800. The Colts are 3,700 and the Titans are 3,600. The Dolphins at 3,500 are somewhat interesting if the Lions Lions offense struggles to keep pace like they have the last couple weeks against the Patriots and the Cowboys, but I don't think the Dolphins defense is quite as suffocating as either of the ones the Lions have struggled against recently. The obvious value on the slate, in my opinion, is the commander's defense at 2,600. They're going to be facing Sam Ellinger making his NFL debut. And guys, Sam Ellinger was a sixth round pick at quarterback. Like you, you have to be not very good to get drafted in the sixth round at quarterback. So facing him, is probably going to be a very favorable spot for the commanders. And then lastly, the Patriots defense is only 3,000 against the Jets. The Jets have really struggled to move the ball, especially in the second half of yesterday's game when they were without Brees Hall. Very, very sad to see that ACL injury for Brees Hall, but that does mean that the Jets are probably an offense that we can target with opposing defenses going forward. We've seen the Patriots defense be very good so i'm very surprised to see them priced this cheap so that just about does it for these DraftKings prices and then i just have a quick quick hitting sample lineup for you guys i went with a tua double stack theme i think this week is going to be fit those dolphins into your lineup and then i like the giants and seahawks game as i mentioned so i found a little kenneth walker and daniel bellinger skinny correlation so we got Tua at 6,200 double stacked with Tyreek Hill at 8,500 and Jalen Waddle at 6,700 and then Kenneth Walker at 6,500, which is, you know, still a steal for the role he's having and the upside that he's displaying every time he touches the ball along with Daniel Bellinger from that same game at 3,300 and then rounding out this lineup, a couple of rookies that I like, especially this week for Tyler Algier at 5,400. Chris Olave at 6,000 and George Pickens at 4,700. All three guys are in pretty good spots. I think Pickens is a huge value for the volume that he's getting. Definitely a little bit afraid of the Eagles defense, but 
We know that Steelers also have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth. So I don't think the Eagles defense will be able to quite key in on George Pickens in the same way that they were able to shut down like a Justin Jefferson, for example. And then the commander's defense, of course, finishing off this lineup at 2,600. From the top, that's Tua at 6,200. Kenneth Walker at 6,500. Tyler Algier at 5,400. Tyreek Hill at 8,500. Jalen Waddell at 6,700. Chris Olave at 6,000. Bellinger at 3,300. George Pickens at 4,700. And the commander's defense at 2,600. Stacking the Dolphins this week is going to be a great way to go. Now, I made this lineup before the news came in today that Amon Ross St. Brown didn't suffer a concussion. So I think that he's going to be a very good run back on these Dolphins stacks if you're building these. But I just didn't have that information when I built that lineup. And then before we go over to FanDuel, I want to take a moment to thank Sleeper for sponsoring today's show. Now, if you guys haven't heard of Sleeper or if you haven't played on Sleeper, it is hands down the best mobile fantasy platform like by a mile. I think that the way that it looks, the way that it feels, the ability to message your league mates in in the app is better than any other app is currently on the market. And then, of course, Sleeper has introduced this season their over-under game, which basically allows you to do player prompts. You pick you know, over and under on fantasy points or rushing yards or receptions or pass attempts so many different over-unders to choose from you stack these together and you can 5x your money 10x you can also play two different forms there's all in and there's classic mode so all in is potential to win more but you have to be right on every single pick classic mode means that you can win just a little bit less at the top but you can also win without getting everything right so if you make a pick them with five picks and this you stack this over under together in classic mode then you will actually win with three or four or five correct of those picks so very player friendly game that they've got over there on sleeper and if you sign up and deposit your first deposit with promo code underworld you can get a deposit match of up to a hundred dollars so if you deposit fifty dollars you'll get a hundred in your account hundred you get two hundred in your account promo code underworld on sleeper if you guys didn't catch that the first time over there make sure you're signing up i honestly started playing fantasy football on their app this season and it's definitely been just such a smooth experience and i love what their app has to offer and this over under game is really just making it more fun to follow along with fantasy football as a whole so big thank you to sleeper for sponsoring today's episode And then let me get back over to the FanDuel prices. You know, as you guys know, same situation as far as the main slate goes. But the FanDuel, it's funny, their pricing algorithm is definitely works a little differently. And it's fun to find the relative values over on here. We have the same quarterbacks on the slate, of course. Jalen Hurts is by far the runaway at 9,200 leading the quarterback salaries. Kyler Murray is $1,000 cheaper at $8,200. And then it gets interesting with Kirk Cousins at $7,800, Tua at $7,700, Daniel Jones at $7,500, and Jared Goff at $7,300. So some guys that might be values on DraftKings aren't nearly as underpriced on FanDuel. But we do have Dak Prescott only at $7,200, which is a little ways cheaper. And then Geno Smith, still only $7,000. Marcus Mariota, only 6,900. 
So not as many values at quarterback, but still some value to be had. As you guys know, I like to pay up at quarterback, especially on FanDuel, because half PPR scoring means that the quarterback points are more important relative to all the other positions scoring. Over to running back, Derek Henry is the most expensive on FanDuel this week at 10000 We see Saquon Barkley at 9500 Josh Jacobs at 9000 Like I mentioned, he deserves to be up in this top tier of pricing. Christian McCaffrey is only 8500 Kenneth Walker is 8400 Jonathan Taylor is 8300 And then Dalvin Cook is 8200 Ramondre Stevenson creeps up to 8000 here. I don't know if I would quite consider him the elite tier at that point, but you know the pricing algorithm is, of course, reacting to his massive games in the absence of Damian Harris. Some values further down at running back, of course, Damian Pierce, who I mentioned before, 7300 here on FanDuel, and Damian Harris is 7000 He's a full $1,000 cheaper than Ramondre Stevenson, so, like I said, over on DraftKings, you know, we when these two Patriots running backs are healthy, we want to play the cheaper one. And Damian Harris has that touchdown upside. Should be a fairly low-scoring game in the Patriots' favor against the Jets. So, good game script for Harris there. A little bit further down, we see Raheem Mostert is 6,800. Once again, I think Mostert is a huge value every week until we see the price correct for the fact that he is the lead back in Miami, and he has a very favorable matchup this week against the Lions. Tony Pollard is only 6300 He's $800 cheaper than Zeke Elliott on FanDuel, but he's only $100 cheaper than Zeke on DraftKings. So that's a very stark difference that I think makes it well worth playing some Pollard on FanDuel. We saw yesterday he's still the more explosive of the two backs. He didn't find the end zone, unfortunately. Both the touchdowns went to Zeke, but 12 carries for 83 yards. That's almost seven yards per carry for Tony Pollard. And he had two targets while Zeke had none. So I think Tony Pollard is a very good play in weeks where he's such a massive discount relative to Zeke. The Cowboys are, of course, in a very favorable spot against the Bears. And then, as I mentioned over on DraftKings, Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, I think, are in a very favorable scenario. Algier is 6,100 and Huntley is only 5,200 on FanDuel. So I think he's definitely the cheapest good running back value that you want to play. And then over at wide receiver on FanDuel, Cooper Cup once again leads the way at 9,300. Justin Jefferson is 9,000. Tyreek Hill is 8,700. Devontae Adams is 8,500. AJ Brown is 8,200. DeAndre Hopkins is 7,900. And then Jalen Waddle is 7,800. So Jalen Waddle getting a lot more respect on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings something that naturally stood out to me. I think there's a very good tier of value from the 6,600 to 6,900 range. I like just about all these guys. Devontae Smith at 6,900. Chris Olave at 6,900. Terry McLaurin at 6,800. Brandon Ayuk at 6,700. And Jacoby Myers at 6,600. Already laid out the case for why I like all those guys, and they're all clustered together here on FanDuel. DJ Moore is only 6,200. Wandale Robinson is only 5,900. Alec Pierce is 5,800. And Paris Campbell is 5,600. Marquise Goodwin is also 5,600. You know, like I mentioned, his contingent value, if DK Metcalf can't play, would make that a very friendly price. And then George Pickens is 5,500. George Pickens 
has been targeted way more now that Kenny Pickett's been under center. And I think his emergence is becoming clearer and clearer every week. Got his first touchdown in the NFL last night. And I think he's he's only going to continue to deliver, hopefully. And then now to the tight ends on FanDuel. George Kittle, once again, at the top, 6,900. Taysom Hill with his tight end eligibility is 6,500. I think that he's more enticing if it's an Andy Dalton game as opposed to a Jameis game. It's still a hefty price to pay for him in DFS, but we've seen the four touchdown games, of course. Over still at the top, TJ Hawkinson is 6,300. Zach Ertz, 6,000. Tyler Higby, 6,000. And then Dallas Goddard, I think this is a great value for him. He's only 5,900. Pat Fryermuth is 5,700. And then Kyle Pitts is 5,600. Some values um, pretty close to this. You see Mike Gesicki at 5,400. I think that Gesicki is, you know, in that game that we want to target between the Dolphins and the Lions. And then, like I said earlier, He's been getting more targets these last couple of weeks, so hopefully he'll continue to succeed for the Dolphins. And then in the bargain bin for tight ends, Irv Smith is 5,000, Foster Moreau is 5,000, and Daniel Bellinger is 4,900. Like all those guys for different reasons, but basically cheap volume in a good spot, always a good play. And then over on defenses for FanDuel, we see a pretty different, order here we have the cowboys at 5000 they're the clear top but the patriots are 4700 so while they're one of the good values on DraftKings, the patriots are expensive on fanduel this week the eagles are 4600 the jets are 4500 and the 49ers are 4500 those are the most expensive defenses i think that some values further down are the falcons at 3800 they're playing carolina who is going to be starting pj walker again So even though P.J. Walker had probably the best game of his life yesterday, I do think that the Falcons are a favorable spot against them. And then the Commanders, who, as I mentioned before, they're facing Sam Ellinger. They're only 3,400, and they're the clear value at the bottom of the defense pile. Now I'll go through this sample lineup for you guys on FanDuel. We've got a Jalen Hurts double stack with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And then I ran that back with George Pickens. And then I actually didn't end up forcing a second skinny correlation, which is not the typical thing I like to do, but there was just a lot of random values that I sort of picked up around the edges. So I'll just read you guys this lineup from top to bottom. It's Jalen Hurts at 9,200, Damian Pierce at 7,300, and Damian Harris at 7,000. AJ Brown at 8,200, Devontae Smith at 6,900, Brandon Ayuk at 6,700, Mike Gesicki at 5,400, George Pickens at 5,500, and then the Falcons defense at 3,800. So lots of pieces there that I think are in good spots and underpriced on FanDuel this week. That'll do it for the FanDuel sample lineup, and that'll do it for week eight of First Mover. Thank you guys for tuning in. This was, of course, the earliest look at the week eight DFS slate, and I'm excited to see you guys back here to talk about week nine in a week from now. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Sleeper for sponsoring this show and have a great week, everyone.